This is Will Buckman with Corkscrew Barbecue, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about my 1,000-gallon Moberg smoker. Uh, not only is Sonny one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet, but he is so super talented. Every weld on this thing is correct. There's not a leak in it. The firebox is insulated. Uh, it's probably as close to an oiler as you can get uh, with being a stick burner offset pit. Um, I highly recommend Moberg to anybody who's interested in a pit, and uh, we just love ours here at Corkscrew. Hey, my name is Brett Bourne with Brett's Barbecue. I'm currently on my third Moberg smoker right now. Uh, the newest one is the uh, the Night Move, the 1,000 gallon, and I'm very excited to get that up and running full time here shortly. Uh, but I think the one key factor that separates some work from the rest is just uh, consistency. We use that word a lot in barbecue, you know, to be the very best, to be uh, the top 10, the top 50. You know, the barbecue has to be consistent from your sides, sauce, all your meats, and your daily specials. I think Sonny understands what the customer wants, and uh, I think that's just the best recipe for success. Sonny isn't reinventing the wheel. He's just keeping everything very organic and designing the best smoker on the market. You know, barbecue is always a changing marketplace. For that, you know, Sonny can build anything you want from a little backyard smoker to a competition smoker, a 250 or 500 or a commercial 1,000. You know, the workload for a lot of pitmasters is very intense. At the end of the day, you're only as good as the tools you, you use and you put in your fleet. So, I have Moberg. I'm on my third project, and uh, I definitely see more in, in my uh, future. I'm Scott Moore. Um, I'm pitmaster, co-founder of Tejas Chocolate and Barbecue in Tomball, Texas. We run a Moberg smoker since last July. Had it dropped in here via crane, and uh, we are just falling in love with this barbecue pit. Yeah, the construction on it is like no other. The welding, the cutting, it's just pristine. It's, you can't do it better. And uh, creates a lot of airflow, cooks briskets the way we want to, and it just keeps getting better and better. I would say the only thing I don't like about this pit, the, the firebox is so insulated I couldn't even warm up a pot of beans if I wanted to. Hello everybody, it's Robert Cheryl with SNS Pit Crew and, and I cook on a Moberg. It's excellent pit, insulated firebox, flows real good, it lays that flame down. Um, if you want to cook some good product and up your game a little bit, you got to get a Moberg. This is Cody Avery with Avery Barbecue in Menden, Louisiana. I love the quality of my Moberg. It's built like a tank, doesn't leak a bit of smoke. I think it's the like third one, one of the OGs. And not to mention Julie and Sonny are just some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we have with us. Good morning, my name is Sonny Moberg with Moberg Smokers. All right, and this is one we've been trying to chase you down for some time, but uh, you're a very, very busy man. <laughs> yes, sir. So we absolutely appreciate the time. Um, we know you don't need a lot of publicity because you've got a backlog, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but this is, you know, pit building is one of the things that really interests us quite a bit. Um, we've seen kind of the overnight sensation. You've been doing this for a lot longer. That's what we'll get into and, and let the audience know kind of your history um, so that they can kind of catch up and find out why everything kind of narrowed down into this one aspect of, you know, the right time, the right people, the right place, the right pits. And uh, it's made you what you are today as far as popularity. Yes, sir. That sounds great. All right, so let's uh, let's dive into it. So you have been welding for quite a long time. Um, 
was it when you got started in welding was it was pits right away or how, what what started you in the welding industry no it, it wasn't pits right away um when i was 15 i asked my dad for a a welder for christmas and uh, i have a christmas and uh birthday combo platter because i'm december 28th oh, so, our son is 30th so we know how that is yeah. yep. you can either combine them for one big gift or you get two a little bit smaller gifts and, and it, it kind of screws you out over the years right because those of us mine's in the summer and so it's like i have two very, very that's right My, mine's, yeah. you know sometimes i had you know separate you know christmas and birthday but a lot of times it was combined but it was okay because like i said it may be a bigger gift so i got a weld he bought me a welder um it was a a cracker box? Or? It was uh, more like a crappy box. <laughs> it was a Sears Craftsman, just little, little cracker box. Stick, stick welder. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. And um, welded, welded with that. I welded a go-kart together and uh, turned out pretty cool. It was a neat little go-kart until I broke it apart with a hammer. And I was like, well, those welds aren't... Didn't, those, didn't penetrate well. Those didn't penetrate well. So I went back to the drawing board. Um and uh, ended up getting a, a, a true Lincoln Cracker Box, uh, you know, good, strong machine. And, you know, back then you had to go to the library. So I went to the library and was, you know, getting all my hands on the books to learn how to weld. Learn how to weld, you know, pictures and, and just reading it and then going trial and error. So what was your first actual job in welding as far as once you started, started the at-home, started, you know, tinkering with stuff at home? What, what was the first time you started doing things where you thought this might be a profession for me? This might be something I could make a career out of. Well, so me and my brother, we were welding utility trailers uh, professionally for a living. Um, so that was probably the first real professional uh, gig I had in welding. Those are trailers from scratch. Where you yes, sir. Get yep. the axle separate, get the leaf springs, and yep. slap it all together. Weld yep. it straight. Straight yep. and true is the most important. Straight and true. It'll pull, it should pull pretty well if you have it have it balanced. And we had it we had it down pretty good. Um, had seven employees and uh, pretty big company. Yeah. And that's something that um, some people listening may not know about Moberg Smokers is the trailers that these smokers go on are built by Sunny as well from you know from the ground up. Yep, that's right. I mean, uh, I know that ins and outs of trailers and and everything to do and uh correctly because especially with these smokers being so rear end heavy you got to know what you're doing uh, so they tow well yeah if you don't have a good weight balance on that you're going to be in some trouble <laughs> that's right, right. wag the dog <laughs> right um, <laughs> yep. any any uh stories about learning from from that experience building trailers uh well pulling uh actually trailer uh material me and my brother were going down uh, i-35 and it was where uh it was up north texas and you know the highways divided by just the median and we were our our load was not loaded correctly from where we uh got our material and our truck started wagging back and forth and almost almost out of control we were going down a hill literally downhill too uh and i knew things were going to be uh maybe not so good because uh the people going northbound on 35 started to pull over and we were going <laughs> southbound so i knew right then and there uh we were taking up all three lanes swiping back and forth it's pretty pretty nervous and there's and there's really not much you can do i mean you don't want to break and you don't you don't want to speed up you just kind of it's an oscillating that you just kind of have to ride it out I that's guess. right yeah. yeah that's right you just got to ride it out and and hit the brakes uh if if you're only going uphill <laughs> So that was that was um, some interesting times, but it gave you the background in, in trailers and and obviously weight offset, which is important. 
Um, as far as background in barbecue, you've also had some some barbecue connections. That's right. My uh, grandfather was uh, Smoky Denmark Sausage Company here in, in Austin, Texas. He started that uh, in the 60s, I think early 60s. And uh, uh, we grew up with barbecue, you know, brisket and sausage. And he was always toying with a smoker and, and uh, his ingredients. And um, from that, and they still today, they, they still supply quite a bit of businesses around uh, large companies as well, not just small ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're still around, and, and um, they were running a trailer. I don't know if their trailer is still open. I, I, I don't believe the, the trailer's still operating. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, though. Yeah, I, d- I don't think they do their trailer anymore for whatever right. reason. I'm not sure. Um, when my grandfather started, uh, when he got older, you know, he wanted to retire. Um, so he was going to sell the business. But first he offered it to, you know, to my aunts and uncles and, you know, they all had their own thing going on. So, you know, in their mid, mid age and me and my cousins all up, we were just too young to like, yeah, grandpa, or we called him <laughs> Opa. Opa, we'll take it over. Oh yeah. You're right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, he ended up selling the business, uh, but it's still, you know, quote unquote, like a family owned business. It's still small. Um, and, uh, make, still make a good product. Not quite the way it used to be, but, uh, still really good i know in the in the trailer i know keenan goldies um has come through there and bill dumas yeah that's where i first met him in fact just down the road from from your place here at uh twisted x brewery was the first time i met bill dumas and yeah. that was when he was working the the smoky denmark trailer there yep um, so interesting how things it's just like, kinda, yeah the weird circle of around. barbecue life i guess everything is connected in some way and you just you, you find those connections along the way you're like oh so you knew so-and-so or so-and-so was your grandfather and it's just yeah you, you find those stories and you're like oh wow so this all really does have some sort of you know synchronicity to it i guess but good old texas too yeah so, you know for those of you there from new york i've been here long <laughs> enough okay 28 never, years yeah, you'll never live that one down <laughs> i Sorry. know it um, so as far as um, barbecue pits, when, when when did you start getting into building barbecue pits, and what, what styles and designs were you doing back then? Um, so my first barbecue pit was when I was 18, built a smoker out of a old water heater, thin wall, some kind of porcelain lined inside. Uh, yeah, it was a failure. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's not a <laughs> But you have design. to fail, I think, to succeed. Um, yeah, it was a horrible smoker, um, but I've built... Uh, most smokers out of propane vessels you know decommissioned propane tanks my neighbor for when we were out and uh lived out in the country um my neighbor had uh a uh, propane company so uh, and he was my neighbor for 20 plus years so he'd get you know old tanks and i'd build a smoker out of them and let's talk about that because there, there may be people that don't um you know obviously they see these at, at barbecue joints but they don't quite understand the concept of using a an old propane tank and so we are talking about something that was used to store liquid propane um, decommissioned after there, there's a I think there's an age limit regardless of mm. how, how good condition it is yes sir I do believe there there's an age limit and then if it gets any kind of pitting or severe rusting then I think they they reject them you know valves and and uh, threads I know you know will make them get rejected so once they get rejected, you know, they they sit, as most 
places don't want to scrap they're, metal. They're pretty them. thick walled. Yeah, general. so the older but they do vary though, right? That's the do. other thing I was not aware of. Mm -hmm. they, they do vary. Um, the older tanks are thicker for whatever reason. I guess maybe back then the engineers were you know doing overkill, and now they're trying to tighten up you know numbers because definitely new ones are probably on the big ones are definitely about half as thick. Still make a good smoker, but uh, you know thicker is better when it comes to smoker. And uh, cutting into these can be uh, quite an interesting uh, <laughs> endeavor. Um, so tell us about that, um, you know, that first cut into it. And, and uh, you know, one of the things we don't want people to do is go in their backyard, you know, score up somebody's, some cousin's pit, that their cousin's tank that they've had, and then just go attack it with a, with a cutting torch. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend that. You know, Aaron Franklin wrote that book, and he said, you know, let's gather up these goods. This is what I use. And then he writes this little disclaimer. And I know he has good lawyers and everything's good for him. I I wouldn't recommend uh, just the average weekend warrior to cut into a propane tank just because it has it for, you know, decades held propane. Right. And, um, you know, it's got to have the right air mixture, you know, the right spark. But you don't want to find that right, right point. So, yeah, I mean, you know, fill it up with water. If you're going to tackle it, you know, there's, you know, you can research on the internet. I definitely wouldn't give you any advice, but I fill it up with water, you know, and got some other tricks to make it a little bit safer. But, you know, I'll be honest, you know, it does make you nervous, you know, make me nervous cutting into them, uh, especially when sometimes the chemical they put in there the, to make the, the smell, sometimes a little bit, you know, because it, it stays in there it sometimes. It penetrates the metal a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. So if it's a, you know... A, a tank that still has that smell in there you know your brain is telling you don't do this there's gas in there but you know there's not you know if you evacuated everything um but it's still still a little nervous and that's the other thing um some people also are like well doesn't it smell like that that chemical that they had doesn't it smell like that when you cook the barbecue and, and not at all because these have been burned through so it, i mean you you can't there's no residue um, there's nothing left because a lot of these, you know, you're grinding out the inside on top of burning them through. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's no, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, probably think, well, that's been, you know, under pressure. It's been pushed into the metal pores. Um, and, you know, once almost once I'm done cutting into it and my welding and stuff, most of the smell is gone at that point. Um, but if it's not, I'll burn it, burn it out once. I mean, one burn after a few hours and that it's gone. Um, and then, uh, you know, you burn a couple more burns, you know, cover it with oil and yeah, you're good to go. But for those of you at home, don't try it. Just call Sonny and you may have to wait a couple <laughs> of years. Leave it to a professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Leave it to a professional. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. So, uh, again, a lot of people have just started hearing the name Moberg Smokers, Sonny Moberg over the last, I don't, I don't know, less than a year at this point but you've been doing this for a lot longer than that but i know uh you were telling us off air that you're not an overnight success story you've worked at this for years but you are what's now considered an overnight sensation i mean your pits are used by some of the greatest barbecue joints in texas and the world um how did how how did that start what were some of the first people that you built for i know uh our buddy cody avery in louisiana is, is one that we saw early on yes sir um Friend Michael of yours, Wyanot. yep, yep, from Flores Barbecue. Flores is one of the first, I think, retail ones it, that we saw. That's right. He was he was my first, you know, restaurant guy. I've always wanted, you know, more commercial uh, clientele. Um, 
So uh, he came to me uh, uh, with his tank, and he said, uh, "Sonny, can you build a smoker out of this?" And it's a really, really unique tank. It's a, it's a, about a 750 is what we were figuring. Um, I don't, we don't think it was probably a, a propane tank. We're, we're thinking maybe uh, old farm on anhydrous tank. Maybe we're not sure. Uh, but it's got it had a few dings in it too. Mm -hmm. yeah. It had some dings in it. Uh, I cut into it, and there's all these sorts of baffles in it and stuff like that. So I think it was more of a uh, could even been a small propane tank truck tank. Hmm. You know, I don't know. Um, but uh, made that for him. He loves it. Cooks great, and and he made the list. Yeah. So I think that may have been we we went to Flores pretty early on when we were doing our travels with the Texas passport thing. I think that may have been the first time we had barbecue cooked on a Moberg smoker. And we were, it was one of the bigger surprises for us in the list is Flores' barbecue was really, really good. Um, and we just, we didn't know much about them when we went there. So we had, we didn't have like high expectations of this is going to be X, you know, the fifth best spot or this or that. We just kind of went there. Let's try it. Let's see how it is. And it was really, really good barbecue. So. Yeah. I have not just because of my smoker, but I have no doubt just, you know, as he's fine tuning his product, he's definitely going to move up in the list. I would, I would say hands down. And then, um, the other, the other gentleman and, uh, before Cody, we'll go to Brett. So, yeah. uh, Brett McKenzie, we we've noticed he's, he's had a lot of interaction with you building multiple pits over the years. Um, how did you meet Brett and kind of how did that, how did that pit building adventure go with him? Yeah, so I met Brett six or seven years ago. He he brought me one of his old pits to do some work on, and I and I did. So that's when our that's where our relationship started. Um, and since then, he's and that was that was wasn't a propane tank, I believe. Was no, it? sir. It was yeah, more the oil pipe. Yep, mm -hmm. kind of twenty was, or twenty-four inch. Yeah, I, I, it was a it was a pipe tank uh, or a, a pipe smoker. Um, and then uh, since then, I've built him several smokers. Uh, he's got a five hundred of mine. And we're fixing to uh, build him a, a thousand gallon. He's definitely moving up for sure. Uh, but he's he's turned he's turned into a brother from another mother for me for sure. Cause uh, great guy. I mean, awesome pit master, incredible barbecue for sure. Um, and uh, he definitely promotes me well. And that's that's one of the things is that um, the customers that we've talked to they're big fans of the pits right so there, there's a couple of things about the pits and the pricing and stuff we'll talk about but um, as far as as your the people that own them and and use them and love them and feedback um, another one of ours is cody avery yep. um, cody got one of your early early pits and he was lucky because there wasn't much of a wait back then yes sir yep his old country boy called me from louisiana and he said <laughs> uh son i've been seeing you on instagram and i i got my stuff will you will you build me a smoker out of my stuff i was like sure yeah come on i mean even to this day if you if you have your own stuff i'll i'll use your stuff uh doesn't matter to me um if it's you know stuff i'll use uh but he came to me and and i told him i said uh when we were talking on the phone early i said cody there's probably one or two welders in between here and louisiana that can build you a smoker and he said i'm coming to you and sure enough he did he loves it um, I like his smoker a lot. It's kind of got the Aaron Franklin look to it. Um, and that's what he wanted and he loves his pit. And, and on that one, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have the large, it, it is, is it, is the firebox insulated? Or yes, not? sir. It yeah. is, so is that's, insulated, what's yeah. really interesting is that 
his is insulated, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't have the big the big square box around it. Yep. Um, so he's got, I guess, two tanks in there probably. Yes, with, sir. With yeah, his, his is round on round with uh, the insulation uh, in between it. That's a neat tank. Um, and one day we may get to cook on it. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, we're going to beg you until yeah. you let us cook on it. Yeah, so. Cody, Cody's offered. We just haven't been able to... to get the timing and everything right right but, um but definitely you know he's, he's another big fan of the product and another one of your customers is, is robert sierra recently picked up uh, one of your pits tell us a little bit about that yes sir uh robert sierra he he got a 500 gallon um yeah that and that thing is is decked out it it turned out really nice and he's used that in uh, some competitions as well i think early on um, but it's it's a beautiful pit i've seen it seen it out there thank you i appreciate it yeah it, it turned out really nice yeah, and his, uh, his buddy Brian, or Brian the barbecue guy that you'll see on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, he's got a trailer sitting out here now, so I know he's got another pit on order from you as well. Yes, sir, that's right. In fact, uh, he, he was just out here yesterday. Um, since then, you know, especially after Flores, the list just started growing and growing and growing. And I'll throw out a few names, and if we're missing some, you can let us know. Um, but, but right off the bat, you know, you had Terry Black's, um, Killens. Tejas. Uh, Tejas, Corkscrew, um, Heim. Uh, yes, Heim has the dual 500s on a trailer, yeah. which yes, I'm sir. very much in love with. <laughs> yeah, mirror image. <laughs> well, not even mirror image, just side by side. Um, anybody else that, that um, you want to talk about or bring up? As far as uh, well, first there's a little place Texas called Barbara Style Street. Switch that's Styles. got like oh, yeah. thousands just around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> mobers, I, mobers on I the I was going to bring them up. Um, that's most of my big guys. Um, I yeah, believe. Styles, Styles just, you just built 4,000 gallon tanks for Styles. Yes, sir. Going into their new business. At the same time, you built them and their pit masters some pits. Yep. Um, yeah, so Chris, Chris McGee's McGee, got a pit yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so obviously, they're, they're big fans as well. Yep. Bill um, Dumas has one on order. He's, he's patiently waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just saw Bill last night, actually. Yeah. yeah we were um, at Styles yesterday. Uh, uh, Kelly down at Creekside in Wimberley, he has uh, a thousand gallon of mine. Does really well. So what what makes a Moberg pit? What you know? What things about a Moberg pit? And why should somebody buy a pit from you? Um, <clears throat> you know, to a, to a good smoker, for for a smoker to be you know a good one, you know, you want good draw, you know, no stale smoke, you know, you just want good air move, air movement. Um, and my draw really well. Uh, my boxes are uh, fully insulated. Uh, no air gaps. They are insulated, um, which makes them burn really efficient, um, uh, and, but not so efficient that you know they don't have enough smoke byproduct. There's a good, good clean smoke going through the cook, and um, the draw is good. You know, people say, you know, I get asked all the time, well, how, what's your diameter smokestack on this thing, or how long is it? You know, and you know it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier in you know, the fishing story you know i I'll, I'll put them in the right direction but i don't give give my exact dimensions because i mean it's something i have toyed with for decades uh, but i'll be honest with you that the window of too tall or too short it's I mean it's pretty big if you like aaron well, said some have to be designed for the building they're in so you've got longer stacks to clear to clear the top of the building right? yep that's right so like style switches you know someone asked me the other day that's sure is a short smokestack i'm like well it's not done yet it's going out up and out the roof um and so you know those will be probably about twice as long as my normal one and they're going to draw they'll they'll huff and puff a little bit stronger but they'll be just fine especially with the pit masters that they have you know you can you can damper them down a little bit um 
and uh, you know, it's really all about fire management. It's at the beginning of the stage. Right. Um, yeah, we've, we've talked to some of the barbecue joints that you've built for, and one of the things we hear most often is how much more efficiently it burns. You know, how much less wood they have to use compared to the previous smokers that they were using, because of the insulated firebox. Obviously, is is a big part of that. And also, one thing we were heard, and we won't name the joint because I don't know if they want it to be public knowledge, but one of the things they someone told us was, you know, we our briskets were finishing so much faster because it's such a more efficient airflow and the heat and everything because they were using a much less efficient smoker before they'd gotten yours. Yeah, and so they were- Literally hours faster. Yeah, so the, yeah, they were yeah. having to, you know, they just allowed them to change the times of their cooks, which is which is good for everyone if it helps get you more sleep or gets the briskets off earlier yep. and resting earlier. So. That's right. You know, you, you know, you don't want to speed the process up too much, you know, because, you know, brisket is, you know, tough, big chunk of meat that you want it to render on down. Um, but if you do have the good airflow going over it, it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you paint a piece of metal and you let it sit there. Um, or if you let it sit there, then in the sun. And then if you let it sit there in the sun with a fan blowing on it, if it's a windy day or something like that, then uh, that one's definitely going to, you know, dry quicker. So, you're, of course, you don't want to dry your barbecue, but uh, it's going to cook quicker just because of the airflow for sure. Right. You've got a combination of, of convection and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, we'll go look that up later. <laughs> we'll edit that out of the yeah, show. Yeah, no one will ever hear that yeah. part. Um, but, no, uh, you know, but it is. There's there's the, the radiant heat and the convection heat. Yep. Um, and you get the smoke pouring across. It, and there's a wonderful video um, from Tejas. And maybe we can ask if we can we can use that video on our Instagram. But it's it's literally a river of smoke that's just pouring across the meat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they've opened up the cook chamber. And you just see, a, yeah, the smoke just pouring straight through. Nothing's coming out of the pit. It's just... It's it, to me. It's one of the greatest advertisements for the pits that you build. Is that video right there? You know, I mean, yeah. Some of my best salesmen are the pitmasters out there. You know, posting their final product and posting videos of the smoker, for sure. I mean, but like when I see videos of that, I'll be honest with you. Those, I mean, still amazes me to this day how how well they draw. I mean, you, he looked like he was uh, doing a, a, a airflow test over a brisket you know in yeah, a, in yeah, a wind tunnel you know it could also be a secret of Tejas you know they have ghosts in the building and everything <laughs> so there's also ghosts. some paranormal it, things going on at Tejas. might be a ghost up on that smokestack <laughs> it, could be. Some of that. it could be well one thing I know we didn't touch on we definitely want to is because one of the things that geeks like us about pits and a lot of people on Instagram they look at your welds and they're just gorgeous they're beautiful welds stacking dimes stacking dimes <laughs> and you are self-taught you, you did not go through extensive schooling or training for this this was just hours and hours of welding and welding and learning it literally just just hours you know of welding um i it, there is different different techniques to welding uh i've i've moved up from uh stick welding now to i use all mig i use a little bit more expensive the shield gas i use a argon mix so it's a little bit better uh, uh shielding gas um use a top notch wire on it on my weld um but yeah a lot of it's technique you know that you can as you weld it's going to kind of give that dime a look um regardless of how you weld uh but i give it a little bit of a whip action um a couple reasons i like i like it it looks nice um and you don't want to you don't want to penetrate and lay on these tanks and these vessels for a real long time you don't want to put too much heat in them um, because they will slowly remember uh, the way they were formed, which uh, then you'll be fighting the, the tank itself. Some warpage possible mm -hmm. later. Yeah. And, and the, um, you know, and, and welding, like you mentioned, the mix of the argon, the sticks, 
a lot of little details, but it is, it's an art. I mean, the, it, it is, it, you're taking two pieces of metal and you're fusing them together. Uh, you there's know, definitely an art to welding. For sure. Welding is an art. Um, you know, people wouldn't, most welders wouldn't consider themselves artists. I mean, I, I, I do, there is an art to it for sure. Um, and you're right. I mean, and still, I mean, still to this day, I'm 48 and it still amazes me that you've got two pieces of cold metal sitting in front of you and within a split second, you can put them together. If you do it right. If you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some people are more grinders than welders, which is where, where I'm still at in my, my, my personal welding. I use the grinder a lot after my weld. Um, but we're, we're working on that. We'll get there one day. So um, what's the average time frame as far as not how far you're booked out? We'll get to that, definitely. But uh, that's become the stuff of legend at this point with motor <laughs> smokers. But uh, we uh, we have quite a, quite a few people in the industry that do listen to the show, and who knows maybe interested in, in in getting a smoker from you. As far as start to finish, I know there's no hundred percent. Some things are easier than others. On a thousand gallon, what's a typical turnaround time for you from when you start it to when it's yeah not not turn around like you mentioned not turn around and like how many hours do you put into yeah, the pit? yes <laughs> yes sir yep yep uh, it's funny you say that because uh, I had a guy talking to me the other day and he want he he's selling his smoker he wants to buy a thousand gallon and and I told him you know how far I, how far out I am he said okay yeah I, I can deal with that and I could tell he wasn't really listening to me yeah. and then he said I'm gonna sell my smoker now how how much time do you have in this thing so on a, on a thousand gallon I have about two and a half weeks um, but that's and, that, and that's only working three hours a day. Yeah, about three yeah. hours a day, <laughs> <laughs> and weekends off. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're um, you're working tw ten, twelve hour days. I'm yeah, I'm watching yeah, sometimes. Uh, right now, I'm working about ten, twelve hours a day, mostly seven days a week. Um, right now, uh, my brother-in-law that used to do weld when we were welding trailers uh, is actually coming up here tomorrow. His name is Guy. He's going to come help me two weeks out of the month. So I'm going to have. Uh, Definitely some relief uh, coming, and and should help uh, soften and quit, uh, speed up my schedule for sure. Well, it's good. I mean, obviously, it's your your product speaks for itself. There's a reason that people are willing to wait the time that it takes to get one of your pits. Um, so the the infamous question that you probably get asked fifty times a day. <laughs> What is your wait list right now? What are you booked into? So I, my calendar right now, if you, if you were to put money down, my calendar shows June of 19. Um, so that's a ways out. Uh, I am losing sales now uh, just because I'm that far out, which, which I understand. And, uh, you know, I don't expect to build them all. I, I had a, st a stranger come up to me at the last uh, Texas Monthly Barbecue Fest. They're like, man, a couple more years, this is going to be Moberg Fest. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Um, so I can't, I, you know, I, I don't expect to build them all. I don't, I don't want to build them all. Um, but uh, definitely going to speed that process up with, with some help from my brother-in-law. So, so there you go, folks. If you're if you're trying to get your hands on a Moberg pit, you're going to be waiting to patience. Patience pa will pay patience off. Patience will pay off. They are yeah. worth the wait. We are staring at a really pretty one that's in uh, production right now. Um, but uh, we're recording this in February of 18, so we're about uh, 16 month wait list right now. That's correct. That's what it takes for for hand built. You know? Yeah. Um, so around the the pits themselves, um, what kind of options? So first, we'll we'll stay on the on the propane paint tank design um you know thousands i know 500s what other sizes what options i know you've sent, sent some that are 
unpainted, some that are finished? What, what kind of options can somebody add into their order? You know, um, so yeah, we do the 1,000, the 500, 250s, and then I, I could do this little backyard model. Um, and that's a pipe, that, that one's not a, a little tank. Uh, you know, they really come, <clears throat> since I've had this overnight sensation, I've kind of uh, stopped building the little cheap backyard. Not that I'm trying to make more money, I just, I just don't have time for those right now, but I still offer a nice backyard. Um, one for the weekend warrior and it comes with an insulated box now uh, you know they come pretty much fully loaded even on the small one you get two gauges uh, tell true gauges uh, insulated box upper slide out so stuff like that so like when I have uh, customers ask me on the bigger ones you know well what can I add to it there's really well, not how, a well, how much does the the backyard model run uh, 2500 2, and mm-hmm. that's uh, what size diameter pipe a uh, 24 inch with insulated box and it's 48 inches long. Is it one grate, two grates? Two grates. Two grates. Yes, so sir. Pretty pretty good amount of sp- of space on mm-hmm. that one. It's not you know when you say backyard, it's still pretty heavy. It's still pretty sturdy. Yeah, it's 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 pushing probably eight eight hundred pounds or so. So it's 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 uh, heavy. That's about and, the size of your pit, Brian. Yeah, I've got a Teos Smokers. It's a 24 inch and it yeah it weighs about 800 pounds. Um, it, backyard is is lightly used because. Um, it, it is pretty heavy, but it's it's a great, I mean, you know, there's, we've talked about kind of, you know, the academy pits you can buy at academy, which are not a bad thing if you just want to start and tinker. That's right, for um, sure. Then you kind of want to move up, and the next range, you can get some pits in the $1,000 range, but I'll be honest, some of those are the 20-inch, and there's just not a lot of cooking space on those. Yeah, there's there's not. 20-inch um, uh, is a little tight. You know, it's still nice for the, you know, the weekend warrior, um, but yeah, my smallest one is 24 just to help help that space out and just roughly if you had two grates 24 inch that length i mean maybe six briskets yeah you four? can get six four four for four sure probably mm-hmm. yeah because i most most of my pit masters just use the bottom the you know the middle grate itself so you know you can get four on there comfortably it's not bad so it's a good good option yeah. for those of course there's still a wait time for those but you don't have to buy a 500 gallon pit from sunny mm-hmm. you can get the backyard model um, on on the bigger pits, what options are there uh, that you can get on those? I know you can get them yep. on a trailer, for example. Yes, yeah. sir. Yep. So on the bigger ones, you know, uh, you can get on a trailer, get on skids. Um, a lot of people like that Aaron Franklin look where it's just raw. Um, I've kind of grown to like that. Uh, and I also like it because once I finish grinding on it, it's, it's <laughs> done. One less step, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one two less, less steps, step. really, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And, it, and it is a little cheaper. It's $500 less if you want to get it raw. Um and really, the only other thing you, that's not on there standard is counterweights because, and it doesn't come standard just because some people don't want them. Some people don't like the look. So, other than that, so you've got, you know, you got painting, counterweights, trailers, um, price range from, um, and and you know we want to let everybody know prices are absolutely subject to change. You know, just like everything. Um, just being able to find these old tanks, that price can go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're cornering the market around here, and it's it'll go up because people realize that there's some value into those things. Y- yeah, I mean, just just over the last few years, you know, they've over doubled in price. You know, they're people are starting to get about a dollar a gallon on these things now, which you know, as that increases, then my price will will go up. I'm not looking to make any more money. Um, you know, people said, you know, you're that far out. You need to go up on your price. And, and I probably should go up on my price a little bit. Um, but I've had uh, w- way more uh, pitmasters and, you know, just 
customers come to me and say, you know, I, I, there's no way I could expand. There's no way I could uh, fulfill my dream or, or start what I'm starting if it weren't for your prices, because if they were higher then, you know, and then I couldn't. So I've had too many people tell me that, that my price point right now is, uh, it has allowed them to, to expand or, or do what they want. So well, right the now, amount, the amount of time and labor that's put into it, it, it is a really good price point. Um, so a, a 500 gallon on skids, not on a trailer. That's probably the, the least expensive unpainted, let's say counterweights. Cause some of us really want those counterweights. Um, about what would that run? Yeah, up? around six thousand. And then yeah. up to the thousand, a thousand gallon on a trailer. So this is the Cadillac of pits right there. That uh, that a thousand gallon on a trailer. You know that comes with counterweights. Uh, that one's decked out. Uh, everything you need on that, and that's fifteen thousand. So it's anywhere roughly in between there. And and five hundred is a lot of space. Obviously, there's um, you know top fifty restaurants cooking on a five hundred gallon oh, yeah. pan out there. There. Yep. Um, one thing that we've we heard off air before we started recording is you're getting customers from all over the world now um tell us about some of some of the more interesting places moberg smokers are going to be the next couple of years you know so i i sold one to a guy in kuwait and and so i mean i've got i am i'm, I'm worldwide now which is it's just nuts i mean i'm still i'll be honest with you i'm still blown away uh very thankful I know I'm very blessed, and I don't take any of this for granted. But I've got them going to—I've got one to going to Kuwait, one going to Australia, a uh, couple going to Canada, um, and it's—it's it's, these two cells, the one in Canada, one of them going to Canada, and the one going to Kuwait. They were almost back-to-back cells, and the guy in Kuwait said, "You know, Sonny, uh, how's this thing going to cook if it's 130 degrees outside?" And I'm like, "Man, it gets hot here in Texas, but..." <laughs> doesn't get that hot i said well i don't know i mean you you know you'll you'll have to tell me that and <laughs> and um, did they say what what they would be using for fuel um he did not say what so what I kind of import something yeah. yeah 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 probably he'll probably import it if you're willing to import a thousand gallon pit you're probably willing yeah. to buy some wood too so. <laughs> yeah he might fill that container up because he's got a 40 foot container he might fill that thing up maybe what he's doing because yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very cool i mean worldwide shipping now so you know you're not limited to just texas or, or yeah, north america movers in three continents um, now so that's, and you that's can arrange cool. for delivery in texas you um, arrange for delivery i did see at tejas so that was that was probably your most interesting delivery i've seen so far <laughs> tell us a little bit about that because i witnessed it um, yes sir you were there that's the first time i met you um and uh boy as brett said my, my buddy brett came down there with me um and he Scott Moore there at Tejas. He said, "Y'all want to eat first or eat afterwards?" And and uh, me and Brett were like, "Let's go ahead and eat now." And Brett told me later, he's like, "I'm glad we ate before because he said my stomach wasn't going to be ready for it afterwards." So they they craned that uh, uh, they craned the dude over a fence into his back alley. And how much about does that weigh? Yeah, it's about forty two hundred pounds. So forty two hundred pounds. The the landing space was really not much wider and not much longer than that pit yeah it was it was it was a tight fit for sure and um the the crane that uh was set up i think that was set up through a friend of his not scott uh it was a it was a sign crane so it wasn't a you know heavy duty crane uh so it struggled a little bit but we got it back there uh safe and sound but there was some there's some hairy moments for sure. Well, I tell you, there, and I've got some pictures we'll put up in our Instagram account of that. It, it's just amazing to see this thing. I mean, it was probably 20 feet in the air at one point, 
at, at an angle. It wasn't even even because the way they had to, to, to chain that thing in there. That's right. Um, but it but it made it. It touched down um, and, you know, just inches from a concrete wall or a brick wall on one side. Um, it's a nice fit back there. It's a really good fit. It is. I, I, I like it back there. And, you know, one of, one of the things we talked about, your insulated fireboxes, one of the coolest things, and, and again, please don't do this just randomly with any pit, but um, I can put my palm on your on the top of your firebox. I mean, they are so well insulated and so efficient, it's amazing. Yeah, you can. I mean, for a long time, um, even on the bottom of the pit, you know, right underneath that fire, I mean, you know, heat rises, but, you know, the coal bed's sitting right on there. Um, for the longest, it is touchable. You know, throughout a long cook, you know, slowly through conductive heat, that box is going to warm up. Um, sometimes it gets pretty hot, you know, if it's cooked a long time, especially if you're burning green wood and, and humping it real hard, uh, it's going to get hot. But uh, for the longest, I mean, you can put your hand on it. It's 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 re really well insulated. And for, for people, you know, kind of where I was going with this, too, is that, you know, in their location, there wasn't a lot of room if they were going to have a really hot, you know, pit running back there. Um, same thing if you had something on a trailer or in a, in a room in Texas, as you know, um, or for goodness sakes in Kuwait, you don't want any extra heat uh, building under what you already have. So that's, it's a great part of the design, um, and for any pit, but for yours in particular, you know, to have that insulation so you're not, you're not losing heat throughout the process. It's going to go out through the smokestack, and if you have that vented through the roof, um, you're really not adding a, a tremendous amount of heat to the roof. Yeah, you know, if, if you're cooking at, you know, 250, 300 for some guys uh, and gals, you know, that's going to be your uh, kind of your hottest point. The, the fire itself, you know, you know, thousand degrees or so in there, you know, 800 degrees. 688. Yeah, yeah, 688. In the firebox. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that's encapsulated. And, and so that's not, you're not getting that radiant heat coming off your firebox, you know, like the old school, you know, smokers. Um, you know, you can't heat up pot of beans or, you know, or keep your coffee warm. You know, there, there's some downfalls in my smoker. Um, but, you know, just trapping that heat in and, and, and the way it's designed uh, just forces that heat into the smoke chamber. And um, if you got your stack designed well, it'll, it'll draw well. All right. Well, uh, one more and we'll, uh, we'll get you out of here and let you get back to welding. Um, we saw a, a really big reverse flow smoker sitting out there. I guess that's your uh, your personal smoker. Or? That's my personal smoker. Yes, sir. Uh, it is reverse flow. Um, after I built my own, I've, I've probably only built seven or eight reverse flow smokers per request uh, per customer request. Um, I'm not all that happy with it. Uh, just cooks way too too much from the bottom. Too much radiant heat from the bottom plate. Uh, the temperatures, you know, on my thousand gallons, you know. Eight ten degrees through the life cycle of the fire, you know, fifteen, you know, maybe even fifteen degrees end to end. You know, that's a fourteen foot, you know, span. Um, on this little five hundred, I've got uh, the temperature is. I mean, they're dead on. So the temperature variance is what they say, but the cook technique. Um, I'm not that. I'm just not that. Thrilled it, it's, with it. It's unusual, and and you know, I've, I'm, ironically, I'm wearing an Evie May shirt. Um, and Arnis is famous for building his, his reverse flows, but that's right. It um it, it's it's a unique thing, and it it's I see it more in competition than anywhere else. But the people that have cooked and love reverse flows tend to love them. The people that I've talked to that have cooked on offsets and then try to reverse flow, um, they they just can't get into it. 
Yeah. Um, but it's it's a unique animal, but it is something you would build if somebody had a had a demand for it. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> so actually, I turned away reverse flows now, and I sent them to Arnis up there at Evie Mays. Uh, I was talking to him the other day on the phone. I said, you know what? I still get you know asked for reverse flows. Do you want to build them? And he said, yeah, yeah. So I, if anyone calls me, I send them his way. Um, not that they're bad smokers. It's just I'm going to kind of just do the straight conventional smoker uh, and just and stick with that you've got a great product that's producing great results so why you know why try to tackle a, a completely different beast it, that, that's right because it really is a you know it's a it's a different a technology different world, yeah, yeah it really it is. is for sure and so so catch that heavy maze and we've got um podcast episodes but you can reach arnis online as well yeah yeah check out arnis flow? if you're looking for a reverse flow arnis is probably your guy to go to but uh if you're looking for an offset, there's there's no one like uh, Moberg smokers over here. Um, you may wait a while, but they're worth the wait. So. Um, anything else before before we wrap this one up? Anything you'd like to tell those folks on your wait list or somebody that's thinking about a Moberg? Uh, no, I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Patience. Patience, well, you know, yeah. you know, oh. I, I, I do have some customers that are happy that I'm that far out because they're kind of doing like a layaway plan. So some people are happy with that wait. Uh, some people you know, can't wait that long. And some people are just patiently waiting. Yeah, and we definitely can't end the podcast without uh, giving great acknowledgement to your wife. I know it's a family run operation here and, uh, and she helps keep everything going on the books and helps break everyone's heart with the wait list. So. <laughs> yes, sir. For sure. I, I could not do it without my wife, Julie. Uh, she does my scheduling um, and keeps the books and uh, runs a lot of my, uh, uh, social media and emails i mean they're just i mean you know back in the day your phone rang you talk to them hey how you doing and that's it i mean that, you know there's so many forms of communication now that uh it, it that in itself is overwhelming especially one person trying to weld grind and deal with customers that come out here um you know there's you know facebook and and then facebook messenger and then instagram and instagram direct message and you know email and text and phone it's like <laughs> ah so i did i did I, I started to have a mental breakdown she's like i will take care of all the electronic stuff you just go down there and work so uh yeah she's a, a big part of my success for sure so what's the best way to get a hold of my work um i almost gave out my phone number yeah call me uh, no don't call, <laughs> don't call me because it turns my music off and my phone rings and then i'm like oh, who wants to who wants to talk to me what do you listen um, to when you're welding by the way uh a little bit of everything <laughs> okay really a little bit of everything yeah i, I i'm a country boy so I most time say, i picture him as some texas country charlie robinson maybe country and uh 80s uh, uh hip-hop and 80s pop uh runs on my uh <laughs> my pandora almost all the time all right there you go sorry we, we totally distracted on that one Con to contact moberg do not call his personal number <laughs> no you can uh phone number is is on on our website and on instagram um or you can email us at uh, you can email me at sunny with sunny with a u at mobergsmokers.com or you can call me 512-589-9956 all right. Well, Sonny, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with some pit nerds today. And no. uh, I know the people that are listening are going to really enjoy hearing about this because you're someone that people don't know enough about yet. Even They know the quality product, but they don't know the man behind it. So we're, uh, we're glad to, to let people know a little bit more about what Moberg Smokers is. Well, I, I appreciate, I appreciate y'all coming out here for sure. I, I love y'all's podcasts. Um, 
and uh, I look forward to to uh, see what tomorrow brings us. Outstanding. Thank, Thank you, sir. You, sir. Well, there you have it, folks. There's our episode with Sonny Moberg of Moberg Smokers. Uh, big thank you to Sonny for taking the time to uh, to chat with us. Um, but we try not to, you know, end the episode without giving you something. So uh, we're going to give you something today or the chance to win something. Brian, what do we have for them? Giveaway. Uh, we have a hoodie. First time ever we've given away a hoodie. We have a hoodie. Just in time for summer. Absolutely. Just in time to be cool. Um, a hoodie, a hat, and a t-shirt all three things yeah from moberg smokers it's a moberg hoodie a moberg hat and a moberg t-shirt so uh, thank you to sunny for that um check out our instagram page it's gonna be an instagram giveaway uh, so make sure that you're following us on instagram and and comment on the picture and we will announce the winner next week uh, also stay tuned next week for uh, another very special episode with pioneer barbecue in nixon texas um, where we'll also be announcing the contest rules of our yeti giveaway i know everyone's been waiting on that and we are unveiling the contest rules and the contest will begin um, the day after the episode posts. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, so make sure you listen to that one. And the best way to get our episodes, folks, is to subscribe. If whatever app you're listening to us through, go and hit the subscribe button. That helps us out, helps our accounts, but it also means that you'll get the episode as soon as we post it up to the World Wide Web tubular internet thing. Right, so yes, subscribe, rate us, review us, good or bad. We take all feedback. Um, and make sure you're following us on Instagram at Tales from the Pits, um, on Twitter at BBQ Podcast. Um, you can email us, talesfromthepits at gmail.com. Uh, we've got some emails we need to get, respond to from, from listeners over the last week or so, which we'll get to. And uh, if you take the time to write it, we will certainly be, um, reply as quickly as we can. So thank you and stay tuned for next week's episode.